Welcome to another episode of Jamming with Jason. Hey, today we are going to be talking about career insurance. So if you're not sure what career insurance is, make sure to listen because you're going to find as you listen to this episode that career insurance is really something you can't afford to go without. So with that, Let's cue the episode. Hi, I'm Jason Mefford, and you're in the right place to start transforming your career and life with this podcast. I've been in the trenches as an executive leader, and now I'm an executive coach and confidential advisor to executives all over the world. I use a multidisciplinary approach to improve learning that drives transformation by getting to the root cause in a practical no nonsense way. I love learning and sharing what makes people tick. You get both education and entertainment since learning shouldn't be boring, right? But that's enough about me. This podcast is a combination of intuitive leadership, neural influence, and mental mastery to take your career and life to levels you've never thought possible. If you're wanting to improve yourself, develop stronger relationships professionally and personally, make quicker, better decisions, and become a more effective leader, then of course, this podcast is for you because you are going to learn how to manage emotions in yourself and others, avoid burnout, stress, and anxiety, master your mind, get people to listen and take action, and become a lifelong learner. And when you do that, you will have a positive mental attitude, executive leadership presence, and the skills to know exactly what to say and do in any situation. I'm glad you're here. So let's get started. All right, so today we're going to be talking about career insurance. And I'm guessing for most of you, um, this may be a term that you've never heard of before, okay? Um, But it's something that is very important for you to have. And I know since this is probably a new concept to many people, I'm going to go through in this episode and just talk about kind of three uh, things related to career insurance today. I'm just going to give you a little a little taste for it, uh, because what you're going to find is I'm going to start talking a lot more about this particular topic. And the reason is because it is so important and it's something that will protect you against the possibility of losing your job. And I'm guessing That is something that you really want to know about. How can I protect myself uh, from the possibility of losing my job? Okay, so before we jump into it, you know, I'm I'm guessing already, you, you already understand the importance of having something like health insurance, okay? Uh, Most people have health insurance. A lot of people have life insurance as well, uh, because like I said, you already understand the benefit 
of having those things. But like I said, you probably haven't ever heard about career insurance. So let me, I, I was actually um, talking, one of my friends was telling me about an experience that he recently had uh, because he actually had some health issues. And so let me, let me just kind of, you know, tell you about it. He, he was explaining, you know, one night he uh, all of a sudden just really didn't start feeling well. Uh, he ended up going down uh, to the ground. He was by himself in, in the house, but was able to, to kind of text or call his sister. And uh, she realized, obviously, that something was wrong with him, even though he couldn't really speak. Uh, she sent out, you know, she called the, the 911 the ambulance ended up coming out uh, and getting him. And, uh, and because he lives in a small town, um, when they showed up and they started looking at him, they realized that this guy was having some serious trouble uh, that they couldn't actually deal with there in the small town. And so because of that, you know, they very quickly put him on a helicopter uh, and sent him to the closest major city uh, where they could actually help him. And he was joking with me, he said, you know, you know, Jason, this really kind of sucked. It was my first helicopter ride ever, and I don't even remember it, right? Because he kind of blacked out, he was unconscious. Uh, in fact, he was unconscious for about the first day or two, uh, and then kind of came, came back uh, to it. And, um, and so here he was, like, like I said, he was in this small town, all of a sudden he ends up on a helicopter, goes to a major city, and spends most of a week in, uh, in the hospital there trying to uh, get all of his health things under control. Now, why am I telling you that? Because again, as he was telling me this story, right? He said, now make sure that you have health insurance, okay? Because he, he started going through and talking about the bills that he started to receive. So any idea how much that helicopter ride cost him? It was $70,000 for the helicopter ride to the hospital. It was an additional $60,000 for him to be in the hospital. So why was he telling me? Why was he reminding me, Jason, make sure you have health insurance? And he said, you know, luckily I do have health insurance. So those bills is not actually what I'm going to have to pay. So why, why do you think he was telling me that, right? Because if he did not have health insurance, he would have had to fork over $130,000 for that medical treatment that he needed. Now, most of us don't have $130,000 uh, to be able to pay for medical. And so that's why, like I said, most of us already understand the benefit of having health insurance. Okay, we pay for health insurance every month. Uh, and, and again, depending on where you live, I'm talking from, from someone here in the United States uh, because we don't have uh, nationalized health care here. And so we all have to choose. And again, you can choose to go without insurance for health care. Uh, but like I said, if something seriously bad happens to you, you could be out $100,000. And so that's why, again, most people in the US, uh, that is one of their priorities. They spend uh, and invest in having health insurance. And it's not cheap, okay? I mean, for my wife and I, it's about 
$1,500 a month for health insurance. But again, you know, I could, I could look at that and I could say, oh, you know what? $1,500, that's a lot of money. I can't afford to have health insurance. But what's the reality? I can't afford not to have health insurance. Why? Because again, $1,500 a month is way cheaper than me having to spend $100,000 if I have to go in and have some serious medical condition. Okay, so we already understand that. Um, but again, you know, there are some people that choose to go without health insurance. That's fine. That's your choice if you choose to do that. But again, you have to realize if something happens, and invariably it does happen at some point in your life, you're going to need the health insurance. You know, again, I'm very healthy. Um, I rarely go to the doctor. My wife has a hard time even getting me to go to the doctor once a year for my physical uh, because I'm healthy. And so I don't have a need to go to the doctor, right? But I still choose to have health insurance. I still choose to invest in having health insurance. Now, the same thing with life insurance for me, right? I, I'm the primary breadwinner in our family. I have a life insurance policy. So if something happens to me that my wife is protected and cared for after my death. Now, again, I could sit there and say, oh, I can't afford to have life insurance. Or I can, again, look at it and say, well, I, I can't afford not to have life insurance. Why? Because I don't want to leave my wife in a financially awkward position when I die, okay? And so, you know, what does this have to do with what we're talking about today with career insurance? Because the problem is I see so many people, and I'm guessing you may be one of these people that goes without career insurance. And so just like those people that say, oh, I can't afford health insurance, or I can't afford life insurance. Well, you're, 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 you might be saying, I can't afford career insurance, right? And at this point, you might be saying, well, Jason, you haven't even told me what it is yet, right? Well, don't worry, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there, okay? But, but I, I, what I, what I, the reason why I'm talking about this is I see so many people today going without career insurance. Now, what does that mean? Well, again, it's protecting yourself against the possibility of losing your job. Now, it's, it's you know, insurance against if you do lose your job, but it's also insurance in helping you keep your current job, okay? So not only does it help you in keeping your current job, but it helps you in the event that you lose your job. Okay, now, so what is career insurance? It's actually putting together a plan for yourself to insure against the possibility of losing your job. And there are several uh, components to it or several things related to it. Because right now you can't go down to an insurance company and say, 
hey, buy me some of that. I want to buy some of that career insurance. It's not the same thing, okay? Insurance companies don't sell in uh, career insurance, but you know what I have been doing for many years and why I have some of the different businesses and, th and, and different interests and things that I'm doing and things that I'm saying is when people follow it, they have this career insurance, okay? And so again, <clears throat> as I said, I want to I go through and talk to you a little bit about this today, at least to start teeing it up for you so that you can start thinking about what you need to do to be able to get yourself in order so that you have this career insurance. Okay, so the first thing I said, I said there's, there's several different pieces to it, and I just want to get through the first couple in today's podcast. And, uh, but, but don't worry, I'm going to give you more. Uh, it's just we can't get through everything just in one episode today. So that's why I'm going to be talking about it more often. Because really, whatever you do, you're going to want to make sure that you get career insurance. Okay, the first thing that we're going to talk about is diversifying your skills and making sure that you have the right skills, okay? And the reason for that, again, is if, you know, if you don't have the skills to be able to do your job properly now, what do you think is going to happen? Well, if you don't have the skills to do your current job, then eventually you're probably going to lose your job because you can't perform or do the things that are expected of you. And so again, having those skills helps you currently do your job, but also in the event that you lose your job, having certain skills will make it much easier and quicker for you to be able to get a new job, okay? So what are some of these skills or things that you need to have for you to be able to diversify those skills and how do you get them, right? Those are probably some of the questions you're asking, right? Well, the easiest way to get some of these skills, again, is through training and through certifications, okay? Now, training, uh, you know, again, in training, you learn specific skills. Now, those can be what we call technical or hard skills, right? Those are things like, you know, how do I audit? Uh, you know, understanding more about risk management, um, some, of the, some of the technical parts of your job. Those are an important part, but just as important, if not more important, are what a lot of people call the soft skills. Communication, writing, speaking, influence, all of those kind of things that go along with uh, you know, being able to do your current job, but also being able to have those skills transferable to something else. In fact, a lot of those soft skills are transferable between industries and between different types of jobs as well. And so that's why I said again, it's important to have those because not only does it help you in your current job, and especially for those of you in internal audit risk and compliance area, most people in those jobs don't have the soft skills. And so if you have and you develop those soft skills, you're going to be much more in demand than the other people who don't actually have it, okay? <clears throat> Excuse me, got a little tickle in my throat today. 
So that's the first thing is diversifying your skills. And, and, and again, the, the best, the easiest way to do that is by getting training, but also by getting certifications, okay? Because training is good, training is great. Hey, I, I own a training company, okay? All transparency. But the reason for that is it's because people need training. They need access to good training, regardless of where they're at in the world. They shouldn't have to travel. They should be able to do it on their own time. That's why C-Risk Academy is there, folks. It's, it's high quality content from world-class instructors that you can access anywhere, anytime, on any device, which means if you wanna get some of that training, you have access to it at a very, very affordable price. It, in fact, it's so affordable that anyone in the world can take this training if you actually want to get trained, okay? Now, the other thing, certifications. Why certifications? Well, training is important, training is good, but a lot of times you, you don't really, you can't put that on your resume, okay? Now, hold, hold fast to that because actually very shortly, <laughs> you're gonna have some abilities to do that through C-Risk Academy when it comes to training too, but I can't let the cat out of the bag yet on that. But one of the reasons why certifications are so important is those are things that you can actually put on your resume that makes it easier for you to get a different job. It is something that has proven you've gone through a rigorous uh, process to make sure that you actually understand and know those particular topics and you have, have passed an exam, you actually are certified and, and can hold up a piece of paper, can show people that, look, I am certified in risk-based internal auditing. I'm certified in internal audit. I'm certified in agile auditing as examples, okay? And so again, that's those things are important for you. So that's kind of the first pillar is think about what is it that you have already on your resume? What needs to be on there? What training, what certifications do you need to be able to help you in that part of your career insurance? And again, I'm gonna get more into this um, in the future so you can get a better idea of how to know what areas to focus on. But I've already been telling some of you this for a little while, right? Uh, especially if you're an internal audit, data analytics, and, uh, and uh, agile auditing are two of the hottest topics right now that if you wanna get ahead, those are two areas for you that you really need to get more training and certification on uh, because there's a lot of jobs out there that are not being filled because people don't have those skills, okay? <clears throat> so that's the first one that I wanna talk about today. The second one that I wanna talk about today relates to Network and community. Now, a lot of people talk about networks. I don't like the term network uh, because networking is for salespeople. In fact, uh, there's a previous episode about, I think it's called that, networking is for salespeople. Most professionals that I'm talking to, you don't necessarily need a network because the problem with a network is network is usually about selling things and there's no connection. It's the, shy, it's the show up, hey, shake hands with everybody. Hi, I'm Jason. 
what can you do for me? You know, kind of a th- kind of an attitude. And that's not what you actually need uh, from a career insurance perspective. What you need is community, okay? Community has connection with other people. It's not all about gimme, 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 gimme. It's a two-way street where you're helping people and people are helping you. And there's a big difference between a network and being a part of a community, okay? Now, why is that so important? Because again, when these tough times come along in your life, whether that's, you know, you're a chief audit executive and all of a sudden something happens, you're having an issue with peers or maybe with your board or your CEO, and you just don't know how to get through it. Well, without belonging to a supportive community and already being a part of that community beforehand, it's pretty tough to reach out to people because at that point, sometimes it's too little, too late. But if you're a part of a community, you can actually reach out and get the help that you need to hopefully be able to navigate through those political landmines so you don't lose your job, okay? This is why community is so important, because if you don't have that, if you don't have the help at the times when you really need it, chances are, and I've seen this with lots of executives, trust me, is they end up losing their job. They don't know how to respond or react. And as a result of that, they end up finding themselves without a job. That's not what you want. Okay. So having that community is the ability, again, to learn from others beforehand, but also have that supportive community at times when you need help and for you to be there for other people when they need help as well. A community is give and take. You are giving as well as taking at the times when you need it. Okay. And that's why, like I said, networking and community are two different things. Networking is usually gimme, 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 take, take, take. Community goes both ways, okay? So where can you get that? How do you get that uh, in your professional life? Because I'll tell you, just because you're connected to somebody on LinkedIn, just because you have somebody's email or phone number that you met at some event doesn't mean that you have a community because... (laughs) Try sending them an email. Try sending them a message on LinkedIn. They're probably not going to respond back unless you have developed a connection with that person and have some sense of community with them. So how do you get this? Well, again, you can get some of the community one-on-one, but there are other areas for you to be able to go. There's things like professional associations that you can belong to. Now, again, is, it, is that a community or is that a networking event? Well, most of the association events I've gone to are much more like networking than they are like community. It's, it's again, what can, you, what can you give me as opposed to necessarily being the community? But again, those exist. What are some other options? Well, another option is C-Risk Academy. Again, it's not, it's not a training company. It's a learning community. It's a community of people that are learning and are helping to support each other. 
as well. You know, obviously there's learning resources, but it's a community behind it as well. The people on the C-Risk Academy team, the people who are a part of the C-Risk Academy family as well is a community. And again, you are going to see much more about that community side of this in, over in the next few months as well. So that's an option for people as well. Now, if you are a leader, right? So let's say you're supervising people, you're a manager, where can you go? Well, again, there are communities that are out there. Uh, not very many. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons why I have a program called the Briefing Leadership Program. It is a community as well as learning opportunity for people who are leaders to be able to understand how can you actually develop intuitive leadership? How can you develop neural influence? And how do you have the mental mastery to actually be able to be a leader who can lead people and that people will follow? But it's not just learning those skills. It is a community of leaders who are working through and learning from each other and supporting each other as well. So that's another kind of community that's available for people who are leaders. Now, if you happen to be a chief audit executive, what's available for you? Well, again, there's some roundtables that are out there. Most of those operate much more like networking. And honestly, a lot of them are professional uh, development things that uh, companies are doing to try to sell you a bunch of business. So a lot of those are not really community as well, but there is something called the Chief Audit Executive Forum. It's another program that I have that is community. It is a consistent, confidential community of only Chief Audit Executives. Right? You have to be a chief audit executive to be in the program, but it is a community feel. There is obviously learning that goes along with it, but it is a community that also includes confidential advisors and coaches. So again, it's not somebody trying to tell you, hey, this is what you need to do because this is what I did, or this is a best practice and you just need to follow the best practice. It's actually a community so again, community of chief audit executives that also has access to confidential advisors and coaches to work one-on-one -on -one and within the group with those people that are in the program, okay? That is another sense of community. And again, something that you need if you are a chief audit executive, because being a part of a community like the chief audit executive forum is exactly one of the key pieces to having career insurance. And I've seen this over time. I've watched people who choose not to participate in things like this, and they're left all alone by themselves. And guess what happens when the equivalent of my friend having his stroke, what do you think happens to those executives? They end up out of a job because they get a bill that they can't afford to pay and they end up losing their job. 
Now, just like health insurance and life insurance, right? I can't, I can't die and then go have my wife buy a life insurance policy for me. You have to do it before you die. You have to have health insurance before you have an issue. That's the best way with career insurance too, my friends. Belonging to, the, to a community, you know, like the Briefing Leadership Program or like the Chief Audit Executive Forum, you want to belong to those kind of communities before you have a problem, okay? It's just like health insurance and life insurance, okay? So that's, that's the second one. Now, the reason that I'm talking about this right now too is if you are a chief audit executive, whatever you do, uh, you know, take a look in the links here. If you can't find it here, email me, message me on LinkedIn. But the chief audit executive forum, we only let new people into that community twice a year, okay? The reason I'm bringing it up and the reason I'm telling you right now, this is one of those times. So you got to get in. If you want in, you got to let me know and we got to talk about it because if you want in, you need to get in before the end of March because at the end of March, we close it back up again and you won't have another opportunity to join until later in the year, later in the fall or early winter. So again, if you're looking at this and you're like, holy crap, I totally need this. I totally need to be in a community like that, that is consistent, confidential, and it's a community. And I need that and I need it now. Well, if that's what you're saying to yourself, reach out and let me know, <laughs> go to, go to the, there's links everywhere online for it, but go to it. And if it's for you, then make sure that you express your interest and get into the community now because it's closing at the end of March. Okay, so we talked first about diversifying your skills, doing things like training, getting certifications, uh, both technical as well as soft skills. We talked about getting into a community. And so again, depending on where you're at in your career is going to depend on which community might be best for you. But again, find some kind of community to belong to because inevitably these things do come. There will be some hiccup in your career. There is for everyone, okay? Now, the third one I'm gonna to touch on briefly and then we're gonna wrap for the day because like I said, there's gonna be more to come as well because I'm gonna go through and I'm gonna show you exactly all of the different pieces and parts that you need to get in place for you to be able to truly have career insurance. I've talked about two, now I'm gonna talk about one and I'm gonna leave the other ones until a future episode. And don't worry, I'll put this all together uh, probably in a training course uh, for people to be able to understand and know uh, exactly what to do to be able to get career insurance for yourself. Because again, as we've been talking about this, I'm sure you have already seen the value of these uh, points that we've been talking about and how much, in fact, you need this in your career as well. Okay, the third one for today, and then we're gonna wrap up on this episode. But the third one actually relates to financial stability, okay? Now, what does this mean? Well, if you don't have any savings and something happens, 
you are going to be up Shit's Creek. Now, that was a great show. There's a, there's a TV show called Shit's Creek. It's a private inside joke that you probably didn't get. But anyway, there's that, there's that term, right? That you're up Shit's Creek. Because what, what, there's two reasons why having financial resources helps you in having this career insurance. And there's two different reasons. One is if you lose your job, it is going to take you some time before you get a new job. Now that might be very quick, right? But for most people, it's several months, at least, at least, you know, initially. And that's, and that's on the quick side. Okay. So if you lose your job, you don't want to get kicked out of your house, do you? No. And so as a result of that, having some financial resources set aside in savings or other liquid assets that you can use will help you to be able to bridge you from the one job to the other job. Okay. Now, Depending on your level, uh, you know, and how much how much you're making is going to vary, uh, but I'm going to give you some rules of thumb for you to start considering. And again, the reason I'm telling you this, these are kind of numbers that I've heard for here in the United States. But about 80% of people in the United States are living paycheck to paycheck, which means if they lost their job in two to four weeks, they would not have any money. That means they couldn't buy groceries, they couldn't pay their rent, they couldn't pay their car payment. And so any little hiccup uh, could end up putting you very, very seriously at risk financially. So that's the one side or the one reason for having some financial resources is if you lose your job, it helps to bridge you until you get your next job. Now, the second reason why this is so important for you, have you ever been in a job that you didn't really like? Maybe you hated your boss, okay? I was just watching a, a preview again. There's a great movie called Horrible Bosses uh, about three people that just, their, their bosses are horrible, okay? Uh, but the problem is, you know, sometimes you're in a job that you don't like or you're working for somebody that you don't like, but people are stuck in that position because they don't have the financial resources to be able to leave, okay? In fact, there's a great, there's a great clip from another movie called The Gambler. Uh, it had Mark Wahlberg in it and um, John Goodman. The, it was the John Goodman character. There's, there's a scene, you can find it on YouTube, but, it, but it's about fuck you money, okay? And the idea is that if you have some money set aside, if you have your house paid off, if you have money, you know, earning you, earning you money in, in the market, let's say. If you don't want to do something, right? And this is what the character said. He was giving this little dialogue uh, to people in there. And he says, you know, when you have that, you have fuck you money, which means if somebody asks you to do something, you don't want to do it, you can say fuck you because you don't have to do it, okay? So what does that mean for your career? Well, if you're working for a horrible boss, if you're working for a horrible company, if you're stressed out, if you hate what you're doing, but you can't leave because you don't have the financial buffer, you don't have that fuck you money. And as a result of that, a lot of people stay in jobs and take abuse uh, that ends up affecting their health. It literally 
affects their health in a negative way. They get stressed out, they get sick, they get physically sick because they don't have those resources to be able to say, you know what, I'm done. I'm gonna move on, I don't need this job, right? I've got money, I've got a cushion, I'm okay for several months, I'm gonna go find something else, okay? In fact, you know, one of my sister-in-laws has just been going through this. She has not been happy in her job for two or three years, okay? So she has been taking some of that abuse and stress for two or three years because she wasn't in a financial position to be able to leave her job without having another job, right? And finally, she's kind of gotten to the point where pff, now she does, she's gonna take six months off and then she's gonna look for something else. How is she able to do that? Because she has those financial resources now. Okay, so that's the third pillar um, that I wanted to just briefly kind of introduce to you. I'm gonna talk more about this in the future, don't worry. Don't worry, okay, I'm gonna give you more, but here's some, some basic rules of thumb for you. If you're newer in your career, you know, and maybe, you know, between a, a new hire and somebody that's kind of at the manager level, a good rule of thumb is to have three to six months of your living expenses in savings. Now, again, I know you're gonna say, but I don't have that. I'm one of these 80% of the people that are living paycheck to paycheck. I understand that. I've been there too myself, okay? I understand. Trust me, I understand, okay? But here's the thing. Now that you know you probably need three to six months, look at what you have. If you don't have three to six months, you're not gonna get three to six months next week. But what you can do is you can start taking a little bit, I suggest 10%, 10% of what you bring in, put aside in your savings. The more you do that, and over time, you're going to get to that three to six months uh, pretty quickly, actually, much quicker than you would realize if you are diligent about doing that, which means you get paid, you move 10% into savings before you start spending, you, sp you, you make do with the rest. Okay. If you wait until the end of the month to see what money's left over, promise you there ain't going to be any money left over. So the first thing you got to do is just move it into savings, pretend like you never got it. And eventually that will end up uh, building up over time. So three to six months is your first goal. Now, if you are an executive, so if you're a director, vice president, chief audit executive, really you should have six to 12 months in the bank. And the reason for that is those positions, it takes longer to fill. And so if you end up finding yourself out of a job, the reality is it's probably going to take you six, six to 18 months to find another position if you lose your job, okay? And so, you know, again, these are just kind of some rules of thumb. I'm gonna talk a lot more about this. Because again, I've, I finally realized and had an epiphany here the last week or two that all of these things that I've been working my ass off for years and years and years to try to bring to everybody are all fitting together. And it all comes around to this idea of career insurance and helping you to be able to have that career insurance 
so that you, again, you protect yourself against the possibility of losing your job, both of being fired, but also if something happens, you know, downturns happen, layoffs happen. If you find yourself in that position, how can you be most prepared so that you can bounce back quickly into your next job? Okay, so I'm going to wrap for this week. Um, as I told you, I am going to be talking much, much more about this uh, and providing a lot more resources for those of you that are interested in actually getting this. Because as, I, as I've told you, in, in working with people for a long time, if you have these things in place, if you develop your own career insurance policy, and I'll show you how to do it, if you have that in place, you will experience much, much less stress in your life. You will be much, much happier, and you'll be able to provide for you and your family, which is effectively what my goal is for you too, right? I want you to have a happy and healthy life and career surrounded by family and friends that love you. That is what I want for you. And so I'm going to keep preaching, <laughs> preaching from the podcast to be able to help you in getting exactly that by, you know, helping you put all of these different pieces into place. Okay. So with that, my friends, go out, have a great rest of your week, and I'll catch you on the next episode of Jamming with Jason. See ya. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Jamming with Jason. Keep on rocking in the audit world. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you enjoyed the most about the podcast. And you may even be featured on a future episode. When you're ready to turbocharge your leadership development, join the Briefing Leadership Program where you get access to everything in one place and can interact directly with me in the group. If you'd like to earn continuing professional education for listening to today's episode, head on over to C-Risk Academy's video on-demand learning platform at ondemand.criskacademy.com. Not only do you get a CPE certificate, but you will also have access to hundreds of video on-demand learning opportunities. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.